Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Starting off today's show, we've got Dr. Tim Clinton, who is going to be the guest speaker at the Wildfire Conference coming up here at the end of the month. Dr. Clinton, are you with us? I'm with you, Jim. I am Somebody so... you got to fire it up down there. I try as best I can to get them fired up. You know, <laughs> I, I was at a marriage conference last October, and the speaker said these words. You know, if we could just start raising up solid, godly men in our churches, that would fix marriages. And if we could fix our marriages, then we could fix the problem with our families. And if we could fix the problem with our families, then we could start fixing the problems with our churches. And if we could fix the problem with our churches, we could fix the problems in our country. But it all starts with raising up godly men who take the leadership position in their household and start to love their wives like Christ loved the church. That's what the Wildfire Conference is all about. Talk to me about it. Jim, it's about stepping up, like you're saying. And let me, let me, think, let me give you some good news. While modern-day society would agree that the greatest um, concern or social ill of our day is the absence of dad from the home, about 72% of Americans believe that. It's the greatest social ill. Let me say this. There are a lot of young dads who are stepping up. There's a stirring among Christian men. They're tired of being called buffoons, idiots, porn addicts, poor husbands, weak Christians, the whole bit. They want, they, hey, they want to make a difference. They want to know that, that they matter. They're interested in relationships. I'm encouraged by it, Jim, seriously. Oh, I believe it. This new generation, these young kids between 20 and 30, they are sick and tired of the status quo. They don't, they're not accepting 
the way things were. They they only want truth, black and white. Forget the gray. They want to know what's real. I'm seeing it. I've got kids that are in that age. They're like, we want the real. We don't believe in the American dream. We want to hear truth. Hey, if the tr- if the stats hold true, Jim, forty percent of those kids woke up in a home. Oh, uh, well, right. Hey, forty percent of today's kids woke up in a home where their biological father doesn't live. A lot of them weren't even raised with a father. They want a dad. They want to be a good dad, even more than that. We're seeing something stir that says it's time to stand up, you know what, and take our rightful place. It's time to, like Nehemiah 4.14 says, it's time to fight. It's, it's time to remember the Lord our God. He's strong and mighty. It's time to fight for our sons, our daughters, our homes, our wives, and more. Yeah, I, think, I think it's there. But here's the, here's the deal, though. We don't want to go to an event and get pounded. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of that. We want to go to an event where we're encouraged, where you're built up, where you actually get to enjoy some of the things that men love. That's what Wildfire Weekend for Men's all about. Well, and, and but I understand wanting to go get encouraged. I actually like a little pounding here and there because I'm pretty thick-skulled. <laughs> but but you know the you know there's been a lot of things out there in the world that have done you know been encouraging to men. But it's the follow-up in the local churches. How is the Wildfire Conference going to be different than a conference that challenges men to step up? Where's the follow-up going to be? How are you how are you mobilizing the local churches to support this this event? We've been we've been we've been working Tampa and the whole. State of Florida, I mean, hard. We're just trying to drive men to the University of South Florida Sun Dome. Here's the deal. When they show up, they're going to show up in an event that's going to inspire them. Great, great plenary speakers. We'll talk about that in a moment. We've got workshops built around stuff they love, from hunting and fishing and racing to snook fishing, whatever that is down there in Florida. <laughs> that's a big hey, fish. Yeah, that's hey, good. And on it goes. And, and there's a great midway uh, worth the price of admission, from Harleys to John Deere to rock climbing, to you name it. I'm talking deer head mounts, the whole bit. Worth the price of admission right there, Jeff. Um, we're just trying to speak into his life. We, here's what we found. When you get men in a comfortable uh, place like that, a place where they can enjoy themselves, let their hair down a little bit, guess what? They open their hearts up. They want to receive. We had Joe White speak. We had a packed sold-out event at Liberty University, 10,000 guys. Couldn't get another guy in the, in the place. Drew Brees was here. Paul Tuttle, Jr. from American Choppers and more. Hey, um, Max Lucado showed up. Watch this, though. Joe White gives the invitation on Saturday morning. I bet you, Jim, I bet you, somewhere close to 5,000 men, many with their sons, their brothers, and more, coming forward, surrendering something in his life. It was, it was one of the most moving things I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. And that's going to happen in Tampa at the USF Sundome. I believe it's the 20th and the 21st of June, correct? 2021. We're going to be in Tampa. We're going to light that place up down there. Hmm. That's fantastic. What's the website that people need to go to to get signed up for Wildfireweekend.com. this? Wildfireweekend.com. Wildfireweekend.com. You'll learn Jace Robertson's going to be there from Duck Dynasty. Bobby and Tommy <laughs> Bowden, named pretty, pretty, pretty familiar down there in Florida. Timmy Tebow. Uh, Dale Strawberry, Ken Witten's going to be with us there from Ottawa Church. Rick Rigsby, Joe White, the cross builder, and a whole lot more coming to Wildfire Tampa. So what inspired you to start a weekend like this? What, what, what's the passion behind this? Where did it come from? Hey, Jim, I've, I've got a son who just graduated Saturday uh, from high school. And uh, for years, we, 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 we worked this event a lot, trying to find a formula we felt that would work. But I wanted an event 
that I would be proud to take my son to, where he could look up to men and say, I want to be like him, right there. That's what I want to aspire to be like. Nothing more pleasing to me than being up on stage uh, interviewing Drew Brees, looking down in the crowd, and there's my son, Zach, on the front row. He's a three-sport three athlete. He's going on to play baseball at Liberty uh, this fall. But listen, seeing him down there lined up with all of his buddies, I'm talking football, basketball, baseball, everything. And what were they doing? They were joy in their heart, listening to men give their testimony about how significant Christ is in their life, their everyday life. That puts joy in a dad's heart, I can tell you that. Hey, even more, I, I, I walked out to the crowd. I said, how many of you he are here with a family member? How many are here with a family member? Eighty percent of the men stood up in the, in the arena on the campus of Liberty University in the Bind Center. Uh, it's just, uh, but it's just pure joy. You walk around, I've never seen so much camo, so much craziness in all my life. But these were men who, by the way, a lot of them probably didn't, don't even attend church on a regular basis, but they were willing to come and hear testimony. Jace Robertson got up and preached, I'm telling you. I mean, he blew the place <laughs> apart. It was just amazing. It was a great weekend. But it's a weekend again to, 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 to allow God to speak into your heart. A place for men. There isn't much out there for men right now. No, there isn't. That's for sure. And the churches are struggling to know what to do with men. They got ladies' ministries, but the men's ministries are struggling across our uh, across our eight county metro and here in Tampa. We're struggling. There's not a lot of solid men's ministries that are really challenging men to step up and lead their families, love their wives like Christ loved the church, love their children unconditionally, and to guide them and use those ministry moments when they're freaky teenagers. And it, it, it it's it's a struggle, and the churches are struggling with it. And the, the society has beat us down for 50 years, telling us what hapless individuals we are. But in you, Jim, imagine with me. Imagine what could happen coming out of Wildfire Weekend for men. Oh, by the way, let me say this. I forgot to tell you. Every man, by the way, we've got a special going on, two tickets for 69 bucks because of the family, the family factor. Listen, or a friend, somebody who needs to be encouraged, whatever, two tickets for 69 bucks. We're heading towards 6,000 already and climbing. We're praying for a great, huge week this week. Get in. I'm telling you, we're asking God to fill the sun dome. But here's the deal. Every man, this is in addition to what you're doing, what you're getting for that two for 69. Every man's going to leave with two one-to-one -one discipleship programs. Joe White already raised the money, helped uh, hey, get them printed, got them delivered. We've got them in the warehouse to put in the hands of every man down there. I think a retail value of about 30 bucks. it's a gift, quote, to pour back in, to disciple men to grow in Christ every day of his life. Well, the fundamentals of the faith. Boy, that was a fantastic conversation with Dr. Tim Clinton about the Wildfire Conference. If you missed it, you got to go back and listen to the podcast, but it was fantastic, wildfireweekend.com. But as we do every week, before we get into our interview with Rich Bishop, a founding member of the John Maxwell team, we're going to talk... As we do every week about a book to help you incorporate Christ into your workplace. This section is sponsored by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is written by our guest, Rich Bishop. He wrote the book Childlike Leadership, and I read this book about four months ago, and it is all about the lessons he's learned from his children on observing 
their leadership principles that they put into place in their everyday life. This is a book written by a guy who's a founding member of the John Maxwell leadership team, and I've got him in studio today, so we're giving away one of his books, Childlike Leadership by Rich Bishop. It's a book you need to read about how to look at leadership through the eyes of a kid. Call into our studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Remember, you need to read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, now we have in studio today, live with us, we have Rich Bishop with the John Maxwell Leadership Team. He's one of the founding members, and today, Rich Bishop, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Thank you very much, Jim. It's great to be here. I appreciate I, it. I know that you really wanted to get in a little earlier, but we had to throw in that Dr. Cl- Tim Clinton talk about the Wildfire Conference because that is the event of the year in Tampa. I can't wait to go. I'm looking forward to it. Got our tickets early, all signed up for our uh, breakout sessions during the day, ready to go. Looking forward to it. And, and two tickets for 69 bucks. What an incredible deal. It's a fantastic deal. All right. So I want to talk about you now. You, you've got this big, long list of qualifications, but before we do, do you get anybody you want to say hi to? on the radio today? Yeah, actually, my beautiful wife, Carrie, and my both of my little daughters, who we're going to hear a little bit about when talking about the book, Ava and Alyssa, they're my two little leaders, and Ava, especially my six-year-old, she is uh, a budding little leader. She is amazing. The work that she does with her little sister, I'm really proud of her. So, Ava, hello. Alyssa, hello. I love you guys. All right, cool. So, and and it's her book. She helped write the book. <laughs> yeah, she's she, on the she cover. Calls it, she calls it, she says, Daddy, where's my book? Is That's that right. my book? Her picture's on the page. It's the back of your head on the front page of the book. Yes, exactly. It's nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you've got quite a business background, which we want to hear about. First, I want to talk about how has Christ impacted your life? Well, I am a, uh, a recent... Christian. I recently accepted Christ about five years ago. And before that, I had a lot of the foundational values, which I think we're going to, we'll talk a little bit more about that and kind of where that came from, from John Maxwell and the leadership material. Um, But I, I had a lot of the foundational values just without the centerpiece. And I was really searching for purpose and a mission in life. I had a stirring. I knew that there was something more that I needed to do. I just didn't know what it was. And looking back, I know that it was Christ working in my life, helping me grow, helping me be uncomfortable in situations to search for him so that when he was ready to call me, I was ready to listen. So you had that emptiness in your life that everybody's born with, that you kept trying to fill with all these other things and nothing ever settled your stomach. Oh, no. And I thought it was business. I thought for sure it was business. I tried business plan after business plan, wrote them all out, got all of the um, all of the research and everything done. And thank God Christ was working through my wife through and through, because every time I brought her a new one, she said, no, that's not quite right. That's not quite what it is. And eventually, I ended up finding Christ and finding my purpose through John Maxwell and the John Maxwell team. That's fantastic. And and just so for those listeners out there driving in the cars or listening at their kitchen table or sitting at their desk still, the answer to all of the questions you've been asking about your life, if you've never met Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ. We've all been given this body that is 
got an empty spot that we try filling all this junk with that nothing ever satisfies. The only thing that will satisfy is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not fame, not fortune, not great health, nothing. And society teaches us if you get a better job, if you have a bigger car, if you have a bigger house, if you have a bigger salary, then you'll be happy. But if you look at the statistics, it's the people that are searching for those things and reaching for those things and missing Christ that are the most unhappy with what they've been doing. If those things really satisfied, then Bill Gates wouldn't go to work. (laughs) Isn't that that true? That is true. Okay. All right. So listen, we don't need to talk about Bill Gates because he gets plenty of plenty of plenty of press. All right. Your business background, really quickly. Yeah, quick, quick resume on your business background. I, I was very blessed at a young age. I was able to get in with a small business as one of their first employees when I was about 16 years old. And he, the business owner at the time, really took me underneath his wing and showed me the ins and the outs of running a small business. He had me doing everything from programming to sales to project management. So in going through school, I had a lot of the foundational pieces there uh, in learning about business and about finance. And then from there, uh, after school was out, I ended up um, being a part of two very large companies that went through two very big transitions and acquisitions and was blessed enough to be a part of those transition teams and, and really had a lot of fun and learned a lot through that process. Yeah, I've been through the acquisition process a couple of times. My first real job out of college, the company got bought, this is in the late 80s, when acquisition I know you weren't around in business in the late 80s. And I went through four acquisitions, and I made it through three of them. The fourth one I was out. But it was an amazing process to go through, really stretching. Fascinating. A lot of hours involved. Oh, yes. Lots hours. of hours. There's a lot of work to be done. All right. So to say that you've been involved in business is a, is to, is a small understatement because you understand business. But now you're a fairly new follower of Christ. You've you've taken it to a whole new level. You now understand business from a Christ-like perspective, which is how you got to be a member of the John Maxwell team. That's correct. Okay. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but as we close out this segment of the show, I really want to talk about your book, Childlike Leadership. Why'd you write the book? When I started as a coach and speaker, and I wanted to be You do coaching an and speaking. I do coaching and speaking. Coaching yes. and speaking, and you're an author. And I'm an author. One of, one of the greatest things that you can do in that is to tell stories. And so I created a blog called Advanced and my first few topics, I really sat down and I prayed about it. And I, I, people make leadership such a complicated process and such a complicated thing. It really isn't. And I think that a lot of us miss some of the core leadership lessons that you can learn on a daily basis if you just sit and reflect and listen. Ooh, and that's watch. a big six-letter word. It's reflect. very hard. Reflection. Okay, that's seven letters, but it's big. Reflect. Close enough. Yeah. Reflect. And it, one of the things that I was going through at that time, obviously, is I've got small children. And they are going through stages in their life, especially at this age, where they are growing by leaps and bounds so quickly. I mean, you think about how dependent newborn babies are on their parents for everything. And literally one year later, they're taking their first steps. They're holding a bottle by themselves. They are light years ahead of where they were even just 12 months before. And I think that we as parents and as adults look at that as, oh, well, they're just hitting the next stage in their life. But if we can look at some of those things that they go through and some of those changes, we can 
turn that a little bit and apply it to our own lives, I think we can actually generate some pretty big change in our lives as adults if we just look at things a little bit more closely with the way that kids go through their changes. So quickly, some highlights from the book, some things that you learned from Ava and Alyssa about leadership. I know it's more Ava because you wrote the book. Alyssa still was very, very small when you wrote it. But. Yeah, she was very small. Well, it, the first thing in the first chapter is leadership is not about you. In being pre-Ava, as we were a young couple together, my wife Carrie and I, we were very much about the marriage, very much about what we wanted to do on the weekends. We worked hard and we played hard. Life was about us. And one of the hardest things for me to get through in those first few months, and you've been there as a, as a parent, is how quickly you learn that life is not about you anymore once you've got a child. <laughs> once you have children? No, it's not. And it never will be ever again. <laughs> and leadership is the same but way. But it's still good. Parenting is awesome. I love being a dad. It is the most rewarding thing that I have ever done and will ever do in my life. There is nothing that will be more rewarding than that. Okay, but who is the best leader that you've ever heard about that demonstrated that leadership isn't about you? <sighs> is it a trick question? Jesus Christ. Good one. Good answer. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Jesus Christ demonstrated throughout the Gospels about how leadership wasn't about him. He, he served the people that he led. To the point of his death. I mean, that's extreme. That's extreme. And there aren't many people today who would serve their people in that way. So he is a perfect example of what we should be striving for. And some people do serve their people until they die, but they don't get the raise from the dead thing like Jesus did. All right, let's talk about leadership in general. Why do you think we see such a drop off in quality leadership in companies around our country? You know, I think that there are really a couple of forces at work here. Uh, there is an epidemic of mediocre in this country. Amen to that. For years we've had, and you talked a little bit about it, for years we've had the Al Bundys, the, that image of the, the guy that just makes enough to pay maybe a couple of the bills, but probably not all of them, to be able to come home, throw back a couple of beers at night, watch television, and get up and do the next, do it again the next day all over again. And I think that our society has really come to accept that out of fathers, out of even mothers that do that. And it really, there is a, a lack of purpose and the fact that people have accepted mediocre in their life. I think that's probably the first thing. I think second thing is that it, because of that and because there is that epidemic, there is so much of that out there that for the leaders and the people that do want to live for a purpose and do want to grow and to make a difference, you've almost got to split there as well. You've got people who want to do it for the fame, the fortune, the money, the bigger car to all the wrong reasons, uh, all of the wrong reasons. So you've got that group. And then of it, it, then what's left is a very small group of people who are doing it for the right reasons. And I don't know if you've ever painted fresh wood or fresh drywall, but when you put that first coat of paint on, that wood just sucks it right up and absorbs it. And because of the media, mediocrity in the country and because of all of the so-called leaders who are chasing after fame and fortune and to, to pad their own coffers, it, you've got such a desperate need 
out there for people doing it the right way that when those leaders do come along, they're sucked up into the system so quickly and there's just not enough to finish it and to, and to make it whole. But that sounds like a hopeless statement. We got I've been working on being a glass half full guy instead of a glass half empty guy. And, and it does at times, certainly when you start, my mind, when you talk about hapless leaders that are get sucked up into the system, I constantly go to Washington, D.C., which that's a terrible <laughs> that's place. place to go. It's a terrible place to go. I, I you know, and I've, but it seems like that's absolutely a standard, but it's also our Wall Street companies. It's also, yes. unfortunately, it's also in our churches. I mean, and, absolutely. And, but more than anything, and this is what I want to talk about, it's in our workplaces, but it's really in our homes where, where we're, we're lacking biblical leadership in our homes. And what is lacking at home follows you to work, and you're lacking at work. And the mediocrity, it's not encouraged almost anywhere. I mean... One of the biggest myths that exists out there is probably one of the most popular is that you leave your work at work, your home at home, and sometimes people will even add in you keep your faith on Sundays. And and that is such a false view because you can't leave your work at work in your home at home. It just doesn't work that way. If you've ever had an argument with your wife in the morning over life, over the kids, whatever it happens to be, you're not going to go and have a fantastic day at work. That's just the way that it is. You can't keep those things separate. So I, I really look at it as puzzle pieces. And we try to take this beautiful picture of our lives that God has printed for us and made for us. And we try to cut these little jigsaw pieces into it and break it apart to keep it separate. When really what we need to be doing is pulling that all back together and pulling it together into one. Well, our world teaches us that men can compartmentalize very, very well. Women can't because they spaghetti everything together, but men can, they're waffles. They can compartmentalize stuff. And it works to a certain point to compartmentalize, to compartmentalize your work life, your home life, and even your spiritual life. But it doesn't work long term because you destroy yourself. It, what it does is it destroys either your faith, it destroys either your marriage, or both, or your job. And either or way, all you're going to be miserable. Right. Either way, you're going to be miserable. Because real men do have feelings, real leaders do have feelings. And not all leaders are men. I didn't mean to say it like that because I've met some fantastic lady leaders. I, I've, my wife runs a company, has 17 employees. My sister runs a, a, a college. She has hundreds of people that report to her. Women can be fantastic leaders, but, what's, but women handle the the relationship thing better than men do. Men tend to, you know, put the bravado out and go, ah, I've got this. It, it, and what's hilarious to me is that, it, yes, our society teaches that. But if you look at the teacher and you look at how he was, he was built on relationships. Everything he did was centered around the relationships in every interaction that he had. And really, that became the centerpiece of what he taught his disciples and he teaches us today. Well, who's teaching the men of today's world? Who's actually teaching the women? You know, women don't need as much encouragement to have relationships, although I've seen in women today that not all of them go deep anymore because they're, they're in protection mode. But who's teaching the men in this world today how to have relationships? Because a lot of them don't have relationships with their earthly fathers. That's so true. They, and a lot of them don't have healthy relationships with their siblings. So where do men go today to get encouraged to have relationships? Well, it should be 
the church, in my opinion. I, I think that churches and small groups and other men that are there, we need to encourage one another. And the same absolutely goes for women, too, that we need to be able to, with the same gender, we need to be able to encourage and push one another to stop accepting that mediocre point in our lives and really start to push for the purpose that we were called for. But would you go back to that, the model of true leadership in the 60s, the 70s, and the, really the 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah, in the beginning of the 80s. A leader was taught to be heartless. A leader was taught to be cutthroat. A leader was taught to be just get it done, you know. And they didn't say get her done in the eighties, okay? <laughs> um, but you know, but they they were taught don't consider the employee. They're just they're always replaceable. It wasn't about the relationships with your employee. Yet the successful leaders have really taken that to another level, and they realize that by investing in their people, first of all, when you invest in your people. You have less turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also is may, way more rewarding to go to work. But how do, we, how do we stem the tide of the mediocrity in today's world? How do we stem that tide of weak leaders? I think it, it starts with those of us who have accepted that challenge and who have accepted Christ into our lives. And even for those who may not have been there yet, to accept the fact that we are called for a purpose, we are called to make a difference, and to start doing that with our inner circle and the people that are around us, and to push them and help encourage them to live better lives, to be better in their marriage, and to really eventually point them back to God and Jesus in what we are taught in the Bible how to live. When you talk about I lost that train of thought. Okay, there I just went. I was like, wow, that was a great being conversation. I totally lost it. Sorry. Okay. All right. Let's just let's just move on because there was a good point there and I just missed it. Okay. What qualities do you see as a as key to being a top leader in business in our country today? Dave Ramsey actually was talking about this today, which was phenomenal point. People have seen too much of the leader that's there for power or for being cold, emotionless in somebody that lacks integrity and people are tired of that i know i am that when you're in a leadership position your first job is to lead with integrity because john maxwell talked about this in the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership his he has the second law is called the law of influence and he says that leadership is influence nothing more nothing less so what it all comes down to is the ability to influence others and to help build others up To me, it's a lot like back in Jesus' time, we had the law of Moses, and we started with the Ten Commandments, and then we added all of these additional laws on top of it. If you do this, then you're unclean, and then you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be clean again. And and all of a sudden, the laws built up so much that you needed somebody in a position of power just to interpret those laws. And they made it so complicated. And I think that has happened. Something similar has happened with leadership over the last few years. And we're starting to come back. So when you look at the key to Jesus's leadership, he had integrity. He wasn't cold. He was warm. But what was the key? In my opinion, the key to his leadership ability was his vulnerability. 
Oh, absolutely. Because he made himself vulnerable to those people underneath him so that they could find out who he was. He was transparent in who he was and how he did things. There was nothing under the cuff. There was there was nothing under the table. Everything was out in front of people, and they could learn from him on a day-by-day basis, step-by-step basis. They saw what real was. And so, to me, in my mind, the top two qualities are vulnerability and transparency because those things are missing in today's world, but the leaders that really are the ones that I look to that I love, Those are the, that, that's the way they are. They're vulnerable and they're transparent. All right, we're having a fantastic conversation today with Rich Bishop, a founding member of the John Maxwell team. That's Rich Bishop. He's a coach. He's a mentor. He's a speaker. In fact, that's how I first met Rich. He was, had, somebody said, hey, you got to talk to Rich Bishop. He would be a great speaker for the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay, and I'm kind of the guy that, well, what do they call me? I'm the, I, I, I kind of weed out the, the you're, the, you're the bouncer through, at the front the door. The bouncer at the front door. <laughs> so if somebody wants to speak to the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay, they got to talk to me first. And so I met Rich, and I was completely impressed with him and said, this is a guy that's got to speak to the Christian Chamber. And he did a fantastic job. I believe he spoke in March. Yes. And it was great. He had the room mesmerized, not asleep, but mesmerized for over 30 minutes. And it facilitated great discussions afterwards that we had at the tables. So, uh, Rich, it's great having you on the show. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We were talking about all the, the top qualities of leaders. And, you know, I, I ended up with you said your top two qualities were what? Integrity and growth. Integrity and growth. And I said my top two qualities, my favorites, and these are my mantra words. My top favorite qualities for a leader are vulnerability and transparency. Uh, and I think Jesus modeled all four of those very, very well, as well as another just several hundred. So, <laughs> all right. I recently read, and I know it's embarrassing, I just finished reading this year, uh, and it was really just at the beginning of May, John Maxwell's book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Now, he wrote this book in 99, so it's embarrassing. And I actually had dinner with John Maxwell at a church fundraising event back in 04. It's embarrassing. I've had this book forever. I don't know why I didn't read it. It was a fantastic book. So filled of great practical applications, examples. And the 20, but he says in the book, there's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And the best news about this is John Maxwell says every one of them can be learned. Yes. All right. So you're a coach. You're a mentor. You're a speaker. How do you as a coach help business leaders learn these laws? I think it starts with, appropriately, John started with his first law, which is called the law of the lid. And that basically states that the level of your success is going to be capped by your leadership ability. And in order to grow in your success, you have to grow your leadership ability. So if your leadership ability is a six, the most successful that you can possibly be or your business can possibly be is about a five. So in order to raise your level of success and to really grow yourself and the people around you, you've got to raise that lid to a higher level. So for me, it starts with somebody who is willing to roll up their sleeves and learn and grow and understand that they don't have all of the answers. And if you're willing to do that, then I think you're a great candidate for being a coach or for having a coach and for going through a program where you do learn these laws and learn how to become a better leader. 
Now, I've been a business leader since I got out of college. I mean, I've always had a management position, a leadership position, and I violated many of these laws, uh, honestly. <laughs> we all as, do. Yeah, as I was learning, uh, and just at the expense of all my employees that I went through, mm-hmm. which is which is um, embarrassing and unfortunate. But as I've learned these laws the hard way, I didn't have the book because I've refused to open it for the last 15 years. As I've learned these laws the hard way, I recognize how very practical they are. These are not really difficult things to learn, no. but they do take time. How long does it take a leader to learn these 21 laws and really put them in place? What do you think? Is it a five-year process, 10-year process? I think it depends on the person because right now, in my opinion, there are too many people in the leadership development world that have a cookie cutter system. If you just follow these three things, then you too will be a better leader in nine months. Well, no, life doesn't work that way. Kind of like the Richard Simmons way to get healthy. (laughs) Smile, jump around, have long curly hair. That's it. Smile and act like that's right. Okay. So so the cookie cutter doesn't work because everybody's different. The cookie cutter doesn't work. Everybody's different. So I think for some people, it could be a very quick process because maybe they've got 10 to 15 of these laws down pat and they don't even have to think about it. They just do it naturally. And then for others, it can be a lifetime process. But isn't that what being a Christian is all about, is a lifetime process of growth? And so I I really put leadership in that realm. And I think it's really important that we're we're not just talking today to the Christian business owner. We're talking to anybody who's anybody because we lead somebody somewhere. Because whether we're leading at home, our children, whether we're at home and it's just our husband and wife, the husband's leading the wife, whether you're at the office and maybe you don't have anybody that reports to you, but you're still being a leadership example to those people because you are that Jesus that they may never meet Jesus in church, but they can meet Jesus at work. Or maybe you are a manager, maybe you are a business owner, but it's important that we be an intentionally Christ-like leader. Absolutely. One of one of the best things and one of the first things that we can do in order to be a good leader is before you can lead anybody else, you have to be able to lead yourself well. And that means that you have to be able to be a good example and understand that you are a role model. Whether you choose to be or not, whether you want to be, people are watching you, especially in the workplace. All right. So I want to find I want before we get to the end of the show, how do people get a hold of Rich Bishop so they can become a one of his mentees so you could coach him so you can maybe speak to the organization? How do they get a hold of you? The easiest way would be to go on my website, which is bishopcoaching.com. It's is there any dash in there? Anything no like dash, that? just straight Bishop Coaching, just like it sounds, dot com. Bishopcoaching.com. 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 All right. They say if you say it three times, everybody will remember it. That's right. Bishopcoaching.com. That's right. Okay. So listen, here's my final question for you. Is there a difference between a qual- between quality and successful Christian business leadership and non-Christian business leadership? I think in practice, there is not much of a difference. If you look at the top leadership development gurus out there, the ones that are getting the press, the ones that are selling millions of books, you're looking at John Maxwell, you're looking at Andy Stanley, you're looking at Dave Ramsey, and... Do they all have something in common? Yes. Well, John Maxwell and Andy Stanley happen to be either preachers or former preachers. And Dave Ramsey talks about his Christianity and his faith all the time. So I think the biblical principles of leadership are there in practice for the good Christian leaders as well as the good non-Christian leaders. For me, the biggest difference is why you do it. Are you doing it to advance God's kingdom and to make a difference for him? Or are you doing it just because you're a nice person? 
Mm. The why you do it. Wow, that's powerful. Why you do it. Yeah, and, and that's the motivation. I mean, you, you look at the leaders that we've had problems with, whether they're church leaders or politicians or anybody in between, it's the why you do it. And it usually comes out, usually they, usually you can see why they did it. And it wasn't for us. They're doing it for themselves. That's right. All right, listen, now, now I'm going to ask you, Rich, to picture this. Picture this, if you will. The sun is shining and the clear blue ocean waves are passing by as the Royal Caribbean Brilliance of the Seas cruise ship sails between Tampa and Cozumel. You and Carrie need to join Martha and I and 20 other couples on the next I Work For Him cruise your way to a better marriage marriage retreat next february february 5th through the 9th it's going to be fantastic you can almost smell the salt air now as we talk about our plans for this second annual event this will be a time when you and your spouse can get away to invest in your marriage no dishes to do no sporting events to attend no cell phones to answer praise the lord Uh, just a few days together in a beautiful environment with purposeful discussions on ways to make your marriage strong as well as plenty of time for those private discussions and alone time right on your agenda plan now to join us for this much anticipated retreat Find out all the details on our website, iworkforhim.com, iwork4him.com, or send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we will have Dr. Steve Osteff talking about his book, The Business Card. It's a powerful story of an American business turned around and over to biblical principles. You've got to hear this story. I have talked to the author. I've read the book. It is a fantastic story of an American business that was turned upside down by Jesus Christ. All right, thanks today to our show sponsors, the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay, Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay, Luke Andrews with Generations Mortgage and Charles Ruttenberg Real Estate, Dan Geyer with Direct Hits Management, Gary Milanowski and his team over there at Chick-fil-A and Seminole right there at Seminole Boulevard and Park Boulevard, Eric Most with Most Insurance, 2B1 Ministries at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, marriage mentoring for all couples, and you too can do it in your church. And of course, Jim Brangenberg with Platinum Information services. Look to the links to their company websites listed on our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iworkforhim.com. On the iworkforhim website, you'll find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended reading resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. All right. Thank you to my guest today, Rich Bishop. Thanks, Rich. It was awesome having you on the show today. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, Jim. Not many people say that, but that's good. (laughs) Rich Bishop, a founding member of the John Maxwell team, a speaker, a coach, a mentor. You can get a hold of him at Rich. No, at bishopconsulting.com. Bishop Consulting. Excuse me. (laughs) Woo! Bishopcoaching.com. I have it written down. I can't read my writing. All right. Please take time to like us. I work for him on the Facebook. On Facebook. Just search for I work for him. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.